Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Locked On Coyotes, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I am Robin Leonio. Carl Pavlik is also here as well as we get ready to break down the Arizona Coyotes' loss to the Florida Panthers. Also joining us in today's episode is for a special crossover, Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers. Armando, how are you doing? Uh, Robin, Carl, it's great to be here uh, with you guys. Uh, we couldn't do this uh, last season due to the pandemic-shortened uh, season. So it's great to uh, have a regular 82-game season and to be uh, doing this episode with you guys. Uh, only only twice a year that uh, these two teams play against each other. So great to get together with you guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I have found myself, like, this whole season we've been playing a lot of East Co- Eastern Conference teams. I'm just like, oh, yeah, we haven't played them in over a year. I have no clue what happened. Uh, the we'll, we'll talk about the game in a little bit, but I was uh, – pleasantly surprised to see joe thornton on the ice uh wearing a panthers jersey i was like oh yeah that did happen mm-hmm. it's funny yeah. too i was i was listening to the uh to, to the game too about the you know the last time these two teams played and uh i think it was yeah bob heathouse on the rate on the coyotes radio network says it was since uh february 25th 2020 um so it's and I think that was the last time they they matched up each other and I think the last time it was in Florida was I think in January 2020 or something like that like they they had a close they had two close games like that but it's been a while. <laughs> it has definitely. Uh, I do not remember the last time we played the Panthers them being the best team in the NHL, which they arguably are right now. Yeah, um, and there's been a lot of turnover ever since. Uh, that was technically uh two seasons ago uh yeah it I was know. two seasons ago crazy to think uh, uh more than two-thirds of the roster was just flat out turnover you you get a uh regime change in the front office with bill zito coming in and just this florida panthers team i mean last year i've said this on the show so many times it's uh last year was the foundational season um and if they like I've said this many times before, if they didn't run into the Tampa Bay Lightning, they would have advanced further into the playoffs, possibly going to the uh, semifinals, maybe. Uh, and now they're building off what they uh, did last season. And they did mostly a run it back mentality uh, this time around, just adding a few little itty bitty pieces in Sam Reinhardt. Uh, this offseason was the, really the biggest splash um, on draft night, and which made them very quiet. Uh, during free agency and for the most part. And then you see the Jumbo Joe signing for a cheap one-year deal. Um, and he gets his first uh, goal of the season uh, tonight on the power play against the, against the Coyotes where this was a weird game, guys. Uh, this was a really, really weird game where the Florida Panthers were just dominating really early, lots of zone time. Every time the Arizona Coyotes got into the neutral zone, there was a check to create a rush the other way. And the one uh, mistake that the Florida Panthers made early on, uh, Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Ekblad, and there's a rush on the other end by Clayton Keller and then goes five hole on 
uh, Spencer Knight. And then at, at that time, I was thinking I was I, I was still not worried because of how dominant they were uh, early on in the shots on goal. And man, uh, this this was this was a weird game. Too close for comfort towards the end. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely uh, the Coyotes have also had a, a fair amount of turnover. Um, something that we've been telling people that they're surprised to hear is there was, I think, eight players who played for the team all through last season are currently with the team this season. Uh, nine, if you count Victor Soderstrom, who got a couple games in at the end. This is a completely different team, completely different head coach. Uh, they're still struggling to figure out uh, passing and in the neutral zone, uh, and the Panthers just were taking them apart in the in the first half of this game. Just could not break through. Uh, they they managed to get their second shot on goal, like what nine minutes into the second period, and that's just insane. You you very rarely see something like that in hockey nowadays. Yeah, and. I, I was looking. I was looking at the. I was looking at the stats as well. Like at the at the end of the second period of attempted shots, uh, in this one. After I don't know what the final numbers are, but after the second period, it was fifty six to sixteen in attempted shots, not shots on goal, Ew. attempted shots. So, just the just the dominance of the uh, Florida Panthers. These are these are two teams that are headed in opposite directions. I, I looked at Cat Friendly this morning when doing the preview show for this. Uh, for this game and i saw that there were 18 expiring contracts with rfas and ufas included 18 <laughs> yeah. of them for this team <laughs> yep they are uh they are about to be a completely different team again next year uh you are right they're going in very different directions uh i think that number you highlighted the best thing you could say about the coyotes the first two periods is they did a halfway decent job at limiting actual Florida shots on goal because, you know, they were still being very badly outshot, but at least Florida wasn't able to just hammer uh, Carter Hutton and uh, Carol Vishmelko, like, on net. Like, they were missing a lot or a lot of blocks. But, but yeah, it was just not a good start, and it, it took 40 minutes before the Coyotes seemed to be, like, ready to play this one. And that's what and, and and that's what surprised me too because again I was and I, I kept look I kept looking at this and I'm just like yeah this seems like the game is probably going to happen the Florida Panthers is just going to you know run all over once I was and once they got to like four to one and was like yeah this is done we'll we'll like I'll I'll, I'll I'll I can go ahead and turn this thing off <laughs> yeah I think a lot of people did um, and it was just like I have to write this recap and we have this podcast so I'm mm-hmm. gonna watch. Um, and, and just kind of see, cause at least by the third period, the Coyotes were, were putting more shots on net. They had more than they did in the entire first period, which is not saying anything. Cause again, they had one shot on goal in the first period. Yeah. And the, the total for uh, this one was uh 41 to 21, uh, shots on goal. And I'm looking at the third period shots as, uh, we speak third period shots total. Um, shots on goal 13 while in the first two periods they had eight so the sense of urgency was there uh, for the Arizona Coyotes as they as the game was getting towards the final uh, buzzer and it it just it it showed based on how they were able to score uh, twice in the third period making this a little interesting at the end 
Yeah. Do you think that was um that was more like the the Panthers kind of like falling back? Do you think that was like the Coyotes actually like finally coming into play? What did you see that uh, that breakdown as uh, from your end? The 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 second the second goal I I saw it as um it was a good it was a good shot it went it was top shelf uh Spencer Knight did lean lean forward a little bit uh and could it have been saved sure but O'Brien had a, a a great shot on him too so when when someone's not really challenged all games you're not in rhythm you're not facing a lot of shots so you're a little bit laxed so not 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 it it could have been fifty fifty on that one that. Sure. One by Phil Kessel, man. Uh, um, two out of the three goals came out of uh, turnovers. So the the first one, and then the third one. So really, really, the se- the second goal of the game was the real one. That was that was probably the one that, uh, other than those two turnovers, it could have just been one goal that the Florida Panthers could have given up to the Arizona Coyotes. But yeah, um, sloppy defensive, um, sloppy. Um, play in their own zone in their own uh zone uh, at the end and and then their 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 offensive zone that created that uh breakaway by uh Keller in in the beginning so uh, uh it, it was it could have been a little bit of both you could argue yeah definitely i mean it, it didn't look like the coyotes had suddenly gained control of the game by the third period like they were they were playing better they were playing with urgency like you said uh, if they had been playing like that for a full 60 minutes, who knows what could have happened. But uh, I think there was definitely a bit of luck in there. Um, Florida seemed to get most of their their goals just like crashing the net and like going hard. Like we saw that with the Thornton goal. I think we saw that with the – what was it? Uh, who was the, the second uh, Florida goal? Uh, the Frank oh, – Petrano. Uh, Petrano. Petrano, yeah. If you want to know an example – if we know a good example of that too, I am actually looking at the natural stat trick um, page for this for this game, and like what you were saying, Carl, that the Florida Panthers were crashing the net a lot more. High danger, Corsi. Panthers thirteen, Coyotes two. Oof. two. Oh, that is rough. <laughs> that for is high, very for, for high danger, Corsi. Sh- uh, scoring chances though were a little bit closer, twenty-seven seventeen in favor of of, of Florida. Yeah. I, I mean, it definitely, like, it was working for him, like, picking up those rebounds. Like, I, I wish the Coyotes had done more to, to clear the net um, and, and possibly it could have gone a different way. Uh, but there there wasn't really, like, I don't know. It, it felt like there wasn't too much the Coyotes could really do, especially in the beginning. Florida was just playing on a completely different level. They would have had to go into the game, like, much better uh, prepared for this one uh, to even have a chance. Absolutely. Uh, we still got more to get to on this, uh, on this episode. We'll uh, finish our, any, our final thoughts on this game, as well as uh, take a look ahead for both what's coming up for both the Florida Panthers, as well as your Arizona Coyotes, all that coming up in just a sec. Let's take a word from some of our sponsors. And this first one is from Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football and hockey action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your welcome bonus from basketball to football 
baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, so back here on the special crossover episode, Locked On Coyotes, Locked On Florida Panthers, Robin Leano, Carl Pavlik, and Armando Velez. As we break down the Arizona Coyotes and Florida Panthers game from uh, just the other night now, uh, for those who are, who are uh, now listening to this the next day, uh, 5-3 was, again, the final score in favor of the Florida Panthers. Uh, the uh, the Cats prevail over the Desert Dogs. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I mean, this, let's, let's be real. Florida Panthers now... Six and zero, Arizona Coyotes, oh five and one. Uh, you can like like what you were saying, Amanda. This yeah, these teams going in different directions. But uh, what are some of your final thoughts on on this overall in this game and how, um, you know, again how it was ended up being a nail biter towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I said it in the in the preview show today, and I talked about how if there was a game to get the power play right, it was this one because going into this game, I saw that the Arizona Coyotes on the PK were at 36%, which was the worst in the NHL. And there was just one, the one game to do it, it was this one. And the the Florida Panthers were able to convert uh, two out of their uh, three power play chances. The first one being uh, Joe Thornton and the second one uh, being Aaron Ekblad, which I thought it was originally tipped off of uh, Sam Bennett, but uh, the NHL confirmed that it was off Aaron Ekblad. And, I talk about all the time about how Aaron Ekblad was sorely missed on the power play last season after going down with that horrific fractured leg uh, last year in Dallas uh, towards the end of March. And yeah, that, that's a that's a big takeaway that I take uh, from this game. And I think I, I think from the Arizona side, um, it's it's really hard it's really hard to judge this team when half of the roster won't even be there uh, next year. The, the fans you guys as podcasters know what this season is, is all about. And um, for, and you got to give credit to Arizona because they got 20 block shots in this one. A lot of them early on, especially, especially in that first period where it looked like the Florida Panthers were just taking their lunch money and they're still getting uh, right in front of uh, players faces and just blocking shots and not creating uh, too many uh, scoring opportunities uh, for Florida, despite uh dominating the attempted shots by a wide margin can i ask um because uh you guys did get that that goal on the power play what did you think of the the penalty that preceded it that was the um that was the the zingle uh heading off of the instigator if i recall correctly uh 
And that was preceded by a, a pretty big hit by uh, Guzman on Connor Timmons. Timmons would miss the rest of the game. Uh, it sounds like he sustained a knee injury as a result of it. Uh, did you think that should have been a power play? I, honestly, I could kind of go either way with that one. Uh, I don't necessarily think it is the traditional instigator, what I, what I normally expect to see with an instigator penalty. When there's a big hit and someone's injured, you're going to go after somebody. Yeah. Like that's just, that, that's just, you're standing up for your teammate. So I was actually surprised that there was a power, that Florida was given a, a power play actually uh, for that, for, for Radko Gudis and uh, Ryan Dezingle, uh for both of them going into, into the box for, for that. And I'm just like, uh, okay. Uh, like it's, it's funny. Um, I'm, I'm, Personally, uh, I'm a referee. I referee uh, lacrosse and I referee basketball. So I bring a lot of rec- referee tactics to show. Referees miss calls all the time. Sometimes it's all about your angles. Um, of course, fighting has nothing to do with angles. You just see initiation and then you see retaliation on all that stuff. And that's what happens a lot in sports in general. Uh, Florida has been actually a little fortunate with actual calls uh, this season. There was a call last week against the Colorado avalanche where Bob was out of his crease and Miko ranted and ran into him. And it was called for goalie interference when he was way out of his crease and the, the Florida Panthers got a power play goal out of that. So the, you, as a fan of this team, you, you count your lucky stars when it's there, but of course, when it goes against you, it's, you know, it's the other way around. But uh, as um, I, I was surprised that it was, but to get back to your uh, question, it was, it was, it, it was a surprise that it was because usually when you just see a typical hockey fight, you see both of them five minutes. Okay. And then you, you move on. Yeah. You very rarely see the instigator and both players getting assessed to fighting. Uh, and I think you guys definitely got away with one other one. Um, and that was in the third period. Uh, it was, uh, Victor Soderstrom getting called for roughing against Mason Marchand. Uh, I, I watched that, and it looked like he was doing just a face wash from behind, and he went down like he was shot. I was like, oh, that was rough. That was uh, kind of a weak call, especially when we saw like what, what kind of happened later in that third. Uh, I, I'm not saying that the refs caused this one. I was just like, oh, man, we're just not getting the penalties today. Because uh, mm. you see that all the time. Like, you'll see a, a team get get uh, get maybe more. And trust me, I've seen the Coyotes get away with a lot. And they got away with a lot during that game, too. But there was mm. just a few instances where I'm like, oh, does that really need to be called? I can I can see that one not being called. Mm. I, I, I think of it as not necessarily the hit and not necessarily – Mason Marchment going down because he did have a penalty um, in that same sequence. It was a delayed call. He had the hooking against Victor Soderstrom. And then it was just a, it it, it was just like a mental thing for Soderstrom is like when to grab your hand and just knock him down. Even if it, even if, uh, even if Mason Marchment uh, exaggerated the contact, it's just, again, refereeing is all about angles. What you, what do you see? Um, from from a specific spot and maybe he saw him going down a little bit and his body the body of Soderstrom was right in front of him so he didn't get to see a different angle that he could have seen an exaggeration of of it a possible one so that so the referee sees it as the team is losing they were down uh four to one at that time or, or uh three yeah three to one so it's three to one at the time so they see it as okay 
it, it, they see it as game management, managing sure. the game so things don't get worse, things don't a bigger fight doesn't break out. So I see it as that's why you make the call, not necessarily for the fall or not necessarily for the the hit itself, but it's just the initiation of it going after him. Sure. And, and I will say that this was definitely uh, a learning game for Victor Soisham. He did mm. not look good. He he missed a couple of passes. He caused a couple of turnovers. And, um, you know, he's a rookie. He needs to, to learn to control the temper. He drew that penalty. He should not have, like, reacted at all. Shouldn't have even risked it, um, like, getting even up. Like, if the guy is getting a power play there, that could have been a different thing. Um, and, and it's I, I hope Sostrom like learns from that and, and doesn't you know take any more dumb penalties like that because you're right like he doesn't know where the referee is like it it looks it can look bad it looked bad in the initial angle it wasn't till I saw the replay from like behind and it's just like oh that is obviously a sell um, and you know you just can't do that in the NHL especially when you're down because you're right like. Referees are looking at it and they're like, is is this like retaliation? Can we like prevent this from going crazy? Are the Coyotes gonna just start dropping the gloves? Because I think um, who there was almost another fight in the second, if I recall correctly. Um, I think it was O'Brien trying to go with. Uh, uh, I don't remember uh, with. Hmm. Uh, it escapes me, but yeah, you're right. It's definitely something where they, um, the referees seem to be like trying to control the game, which I can appreciate. You don't want anyone to get hurt. Mm. You don't want anything to escalate too badly. Yeah, definitely. And I've had to break up. Um, I've I've had to break up my fair share of fights on on the field, uh, and it's not fun. Uh, for at least at the not. high school level, you have to write reports after and then send them to the state. So oh. I can't even imagine on the NHL level and the professional level. Yeah, I, I've watched a, a fair amount of ho- uh, college hockey, and it's—I uh, believe—it was an automatic one-game suspension for the ACHA if you are fighting. Uh, and pretty much the only time I saw was like fights was blowout losses or whenever the ASU Sun Devils played the U of A Wildcats, and that's just because those teams hate each other. It works mm. that that way in the ACHA. It also works that way in. Um, from what I remember in the Anaheim Ducks High School Hockey League, that's where my high school was a part of, uh, despite spec that we were a NorCal school. Um, but uh, yeah, one game suspension from those things. And yeah, the refs have to deal with a lot of stuff on that. It's like, woof, man. I, I would not want to be a referee in a sport where people are carrying sticks. That just seems like a bad oh, God. <laughs> tempers grace, especially for yourself. High schoolers with sticks, uh, God, that seems like it would result in just so many things. Uh, those boys have much more control than I did in high school. I'll tell you that. Mm. Oh, yeah. I referee, I referee middle school and high school lacrosse. So, the, the, the it's a some some people are out of control, and then under a certain level, fourteen U especially, you can't do any one handed checks. So people, a lot of people try winding up, and I have to throw a flag every single time. And then mm. yeah, so and then. Sometimes uh, fights will break out, and in, in the state of Florida, uh, it's a five hundred dollar fine for the school for uh, uh, for getting an ejection. At least in this, at least in Florida. So for the FHSAA. So wow, that's actually fun fact. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's surprisingly harsh, uh, especially for Florida. I always <laughs> think of Florida as the uh, most lax state. Yeah, mm. like if you've ever seen Metalocalypse, when Nathan Explosion becomes governor of Florida, I think of it like that. Mm, definitely. <laughs> All right, we still got more to get to on this episode. We will take now a look ahead to what's coming up for both the Florida Panthers and the Arizona Coyotes. Once again, special crossover, Locked On Coyotes, Locked On Panthers. Before we get to that, though, I want to let you guys know today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. The ever-increasing number of makes and models is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure off a pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money using Rock Auto, and why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to Rock Auto, a family owned business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years? Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need from brake parts tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I know one thing's for sure is once I get my Mustang back from the shop, I might go ahead and go to rockauto.com and uh, uh, get some extra repairs. Anything that they might have missed, just uh, it's like, oh, I need this. Rock Auto is going to be my place to go. Um, but I want you guys to go ahead and check it out yourself. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Fox City? Know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Okay, so now let's go ahead and uh, take a look forward. Um, before we get to anything crazy, I do have a uh, report. Um, Craig Morgan has got, got a little update for us. Uh, Based off injuries, because we know Carter Hutton, Connor Timmons, and Ryan Dezingle all out with injuries. Um, he has a report that the Coyotes will be recalling defenseman Cam Deneen and goalie Ivan Prosvetov up from the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, so, this is what's coming up for Arizona. Uh, Let's see, who are they playing next? Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning? Oh, that's going to be fun. Oh, great. <laughs> They lost tonight to Buffalo 5-1. to one. Yeah, but what? Buffalo is, like, weird to start the season. I don't know. Like, you're not – I don't understand how the Buffalo Sabres lose uh, Sam Reinhart and Jack Eichel and are a better team because of it. Like, I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of people right now are like, see, this proves Eichel was a locker room cancer or something. I'm like, no, that is – I don't buy that. No. Dumb luck right now uh, and some great saves. But, yeah, I do not trust the fact that the Sabres were able to beat the Lightning. Me the Coyotes can. It just does not work in my mind. So um, one thing one thing that I want to ask you guys, as this season is an obvious uh, rebuild season for the Arizona Coyotes, I mentioned earlier in the show, 18 expiring contracts, UFAs and RFAs combined, I counted – 28 million dollars in in cap hit for next season with an 81.5 uh ceiling where where did the arizona coyotes go from here i think it's really it's it's going to depend on how things work at the lottery um yeah. that's going to be key like if they can win the lottery get get first overall draft chain right who apparently is not having a 
good start to the year. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm sure that'll pick up. Then I could see them maybe speeding things up. Uh, otherwise, I think that the Coyotes are probably, like they've preached patience uh, and letting their players properly develop. Um, they seem to be following through with that. They sent Dylan Gunther back before even getting a game to make sure that he gets almost his entire junior year. Uh, I can see the Coyotes having another bad year next year. Um, and maybe year three of the rebuild, we finally start seeing some improvements. Yeah. And that, and that, that also goes to with, you know, just, uh, and the way we've been, we've been trying to preach to is, is, yeah, like, like we were saying, not rushing development because the Arizona Coyotes, that's what their focus is on developing their players. Um, I'm lucky to be down in Tucson where I'm watching that development seeing um, one of the guys that we actually got from, uh, um, from, uh, uh, yeah, for, from, you know, from the state of Florida in Vladislav Koyachanuk, mm-hmm. um, got him. Um, I was a huge, that, 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 and he's, he's looked pretty well in Tucson. Um, also seeing Vladislav Provenev, seeing Liam Kirk, um, and a lot of other guys in Tucson who are going to be the future of the franchise. And we don't want to rush them because, uh, the Coyotes have made that mistake before. They've made a mistake trying to bring their guys to up too early. I'll reference Dylan Strom, and they put him up too early, and then he was misused, and then they sent him back down, and he was just in this endless cycle before getting traded to Chicago. Um, and now he's in trade rumors in, in Chicago right now as well. Yeah. Uh, I think another player that ended up in Chicago that may have been rushed was Connor Murphy. Like yeah. I, he did not look great in his first couple of years uh, with the Coyotes. Trade him to uh, Chicago for Nicholas Jarmelson. I, I was fine with that trade at the time. I thought they won it. Um, seeing Murphy develop into a solid defenseman, um, I think the scales may have tipped. But the Coyotes have just a long history of rushing players, going all the way back to the Gretzky era. Um, when just everything you heard about Gretzky as a coach was basically like, what, I can do this. Why can't you do this? Um, we need the skill guys rush, uh, Kyle Turris, get him up here immediately. Um, and then, you know, with coach Tippett, like it was a completely different thing where it's like, no, we need to have a bunch of veteran guys. So what are we going to do with Blake Wheeler? I don't know. Um, this is like the first time the Coyotes seem to have a, actual development plan and i think fans kind of appreciate that the team bringing back the the white kachina jerseys is like hey you're in for rough times you want you like the white jersey though right so why don't you just yeah. hold, hold on to this for a while and i'll say the biggest thing too is um we're like we've been preaching that but so have the so has the like everyone in in hockey ops um, Andre Torney, their head coach, Bill Armstrong, their general manager, and John Ferguson, their assistant general manager, and GM of the Roadrunners have all—they all preach the same exact thing about making sure this is a fresh start, making sure that they don't rush anything, they, that everyone should be patient for the future. And now I have a question for you, Armando. Uh, mm-hmm. Sergey Bobrovsky, first year, not good. Mm-hmm. Last year little bit better this year red hot do you guys expect him to like play a full season like this like what's going on with that because i i can't for the life of me figure it out it's funny because this start is just so it's so great but it's so 
it's so confusing all at the same time and confusing in a great way because going into the season and the offseason, I said, you're not going to see Vesna caliber Sergei Bobrovsky anymore. If he can get his save percentage, even in the 915, 918 uh, range, it's a victory for the Florida Panthers. And because of how they're able to score on the other end, you just need Bobrovsky to not give up too many goals and cost this team a game. And my goodness, his, his I'm, I'm going to read you his, uh, I'm going to read you his numbers right now. 1.99 goals against average, 9.42 save percentage in four games. Like, yeah. th- I did not, no way did I, I see this coming. And I was, I, I went to the gym today and I was just refreshing. I was refreshing my, maybe like my Instagram in between uh, sets. And I saw that Puck Empire, right now Vesna Trophy favorites. It said Sergey Bobrovsky was number one. I'm just like, I'm not ready to go there. I'm, I'm not. But I mean, it, it's still a long season, so. Yes. A four eighty-two yeah. game season, like there's a long way to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, one thing I've uh, said on the show, and I've been using the hashtag uh, Dad Bob because he just became a, a father for, uh, for for the first time. Uh, so uh, maybe that's a motivation for Sergey Borovsky to have better play. He did delete all of his uh, social media, which was a big story by uh, George Richards of uh, Florida Hockey Now that, about um, d- giving. Um, taking away all the distractions from what was going on in his uh, first two years. And so maybe that has a lot to do with uh, why Sergei Bobrovsky is just playing to the level that he has. Um, he's, he's always in the training room. He's always, he's always training all the time. So, and he's won the Vezina trophy twice already in his career. And I think he also sees that in the, in Spencer Knight with, him starting the last two games in that first round series against the Tampa Bay lightning. That was motivation for him. Uh, there's five years left on that crazy contract, uh, $10 million a year. And there's two years left on Spencer Knight's um, rookie deal to, uh, on his ELC. And something I've said over the summer is you can't, you can't buy out Sergey Bobrovsky right now. You can't no way in hell. Yeah. Uh, by the time Spencer Knight's contract expires, you got to make a decision whether or not to do it. I'm not endorsing uh, doing it, but you got to make a decision. And if, and there's still plenty of time to, to see what you get out of this version of Sergey Bobrovsky. I, I compare the contracts like the term um, to carry price and the age to carry price, because they're very similar in age and cap hit performance is on a different level. Of course, even sure. though um, the carry price hasn't played this year, but my goodness, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky is starting to look like what Carey Price looked like in the playoffs just uh, uh, this past uh, this past summer. But man, great start! And the as far as uh, goals against, um, it, it's helped because the Florida Panthers uh, are one of the leading teams in goals against, um, and they're leading the league in goal differential right now. Uh, it. it the website hasn't refreshed on NHL.com, but it's going to refresh to plus 15 mm-hmm. uh, for the season. And it's best in the league. They're one of the four undefeated teams still. And goaltending, Coach Quenville actually talked about it in his uh, presser after morning skate today about how that is the main reason on why uh, the Florida Panthers are where they are right now. And, and goaltending is definitely like, I think every like, hockey person knows like 
goaltending is something that we do not understand um, to a certain mm-hmm. level. Um, like the way you're talking about it, where the Spencer Knight, like kind of pushing Bobrovsky to like do better. Uh, I think we saw kind of the opposite with Mike Smith when he was with the Coyotes, um, where if he had someone who looked like he was like chomping at the bit to get the net, like Smith kind of maybe freaked out a little bit. Like he lost his confidence a little bit. He didn't necessarily have that same push. You kind of move him away from that situation. Like it's surprising that he is still playing with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I think part of that is at 40. Yeah. I think Tippett likes him uh, and he's comfortable in that system. Um, and you know, he's not the best, but still the fact that he's still around when so many times with the coyotes, I was just like, this is going to be his like last year, like total, but, but no, it keeps going. Like goaltenders are, are a different breed of player and only goaltenders understand them. The rest of us are just trying to like read tea leaves to figure it out. Absolutely. And, you know, in order, especially when you're crouching down into the butterfly position and your and your skates are at a certain level uh, in order to like move from one way or the other and keeping that balance as well and to get back up as well. That's not easy. I, 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 I can't I can't ever I can't ever be too critical about a, a goalie and how and it's an art. Goaltending is an art. It is. It yeah. is. My left ankle is already giving me problems, and I'm only 33. I'm like, oh, I gotta start like stretching this more because it it feels like it's giving out. I can only imagine 40 year old Mike Smith getting into a butterfly and just what a difference of shape he has versus me. Mm-hmm. Helps I has Connor McDavid on the other side. Uh, last time I checked, 13 points in uh, five games. Oof. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. That dude's a cheat code. Mm-hmm. He, I, I think he's going to get 150 points this season. Like that is yeah. insane to say, but he he was on pace for it last year. I think he's going to do it. Uh, he's not going to get a chance to play the Coyotes as many times as he was when they were in the Pacific, but he'll find a, a bunch of teams to beat up on, and uh, it's going to be brutal. I mean, he is in mm-hmm. the Pacific Division still, so yeah, still all the California teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but then I mean, then again, I think. I mean, besides Anaheim, the other two are doing relatively de- I mean, LA a little bit better than expected. San Jose much better than expected. But anyways. But no Byfield, neither. That's a, that's for a whole other uh, discussion. But we are running just about um, out of time. We're running a little bit over on this. Just to let you guys know that coming up for both teams, the Florida Panthers' next game will be Wednesday. They play the Boston Bruins. For the Arizona Coyotes, they play Thursday. That's when they will be facing the Tampa Bay Lightning. All that coming up this week for both teams. Um, but and we'll we'll go ahead and, bre- and and be able to break those down as we get closer. Um, you can also you, you can definitely follow Armando. Let us know where you can follow you so we can uh, check in with you guys every now and then. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12 and check out the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast anywhere they listen to podcasts and follow the show account on Twitter for the Florida Panthers. Locked on Florida Panthers podcast at LO underscore F L A Panthers. And for us, once again, um, you can follow us at Robbiano one and at Carl Pavlik FFH. Our show is at LO underscore coyotes. Um, you can follow us and find us wherever you get your podcast. You can do that as well, but that is going to be it for today's episode of locked on coyotes and locked on Panthers. Uh, if you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, a like, a comment, 
Um, like I said, we're available every good podcast. Please, Coyotes Podcast now available on YouTube. Um, so you can find us there. Subscribe if you have yet to already. Um, and don't forget to interact with us, all of us on social media. Ask us any questions. We might be able to answer them on a future episode of the podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Thanks to Armando for joining us on this episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Oh,